Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday look at grain markets. This week, wheat is down a bit and canola is up a bit for the week. We hear from the province's new hog ambassador, a 10-year-old from Marcelin, northwest of Saskatoon. We look at efforts to control a noxious weed, kosher. And this is calving season, and we have a look at research to prevent death in newborn calves. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets were mixed this past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola was up about $5 a ton for the week, while spring wheat futures were down about $0.10 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, May canola increased approximately $5 a ton. Today we're down slightly about $0.60, cents, sitting at $8.24.70 right now. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the May contract declined approximately $0.10 cents a bushel. Today we're down about four and three quarters cents, sitting at eight seventy-one and a half. And this week, we did reach a new contract low for the May Minneapolis wheat futures. We reached 860 a quarter this week. And so it seems that we have been bouncing off a bit of the lows here right now, given that it is kind of oversold. I believe that we could be seeing a bit of a, a short covering bounce here right now to expect some type of technical recovery. However, it may take some type of supply or demand news in order to expect much in the way of a further short covering right now. The market does seem to be in a position for at least a little bit of an increase over the next couple of weeks. Really, the May wheat contract, especially in Chicago, did reach a low of in September 2021 that we haven't seen before. So that's something that I've been kind of watching as well as how the U.S. dollar has been increasing here recently, putting some downward pressure on, on commodities in general. So it talks about how wheat moved down. What pushed canola up a bit? Well, right now I have been seeing the palm oil futures holding quite steady right now. Same with the soybean oil side of the markets. And that has been, I would say, impacting canola right now. But on the soybean side, we've actually seen the trends move 
lower a little bit. Traders do see the additional losses from the Argentina crop as a positive tone for the soy markets relatively. But again, there is uh, the Brazil regions showing that they have potential very large crop coming. So maybe the losses in Argentina are, are offsetting the large crop in Brazil right now. But one thing I definitely am talking to producers about is hedging some new crop soybeans. And again, uh, in turn, the canola side as well too. So what's the market outlook price-wise next week and beyond? Well, next week, I, I think, as I mentioned, a bit of uh, see if there is more of that continuation of a short covering rally on the wheat side of market here. Uh, watching Chicago hold $7 is, is definitely important. And then on the canola front, I'd like to see canola above that 800 level or maybe I start doing uh, a little bit more of new crop hedging for clients. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalding on 620 CKRM. Sask Pork's Whole Hog Youth Ambassador says the public needs to be aware that food doesn't just appear in the grocery store, it's produced through the hard work of farmers. The Saskatchewan Pork Development Board's Whole Hog Youth Ambassador Program, launched in January, is designed to bring youth into the discussion of how pork is produced and where our food comes from. Sask Pork Whole Hog Youth Ambassador... 10-year-old Reese Podhordesky lists some of his duties and responsibilities. As a youth ambassador, my role is to inform others about po- the pork industry. Really, I get to talk to other kids my age and share what I've learned about how pigs are raised. Reese has been pretty busy so far this year. Since the program launched, I've been able to take part in a number of interviews and have attended a few events such as Egg Awareness, Summit and Egg in the City. I was able to chat with Maddie from Learn About Egg with Maddie, Clinton Monchalk with Farm Food Care, and Shelby at 4 H Saskatchewan. Coming up this month, I'll be able I'll be visiting classrooms for Canadian Egg Literacy Month and in April I'll be at Discover the Farm event in Swift Current. Reese discusses the types of questions he's being asked. There seems to be a lot of interest. I think the most common questions are how many piglets in a litter, what do pigs eat, and how big do they get. People I'm meeting are finding it really interesting to learn about how their food is raised, and people already involved in agriculture like that, we are able to teach about food production. Podhordesky explains why it's so important to be engaged with the public about the hog industry. I feel that people should know where where their food comes from doesn't just appear at the grocery store. Farmers put a lot of care and attention into raising pigs to make sure we have the best pork. Reese has a key message to give moving forward. I want people to know that pigs are raised with lots of care and that farmers work hard to make sure that we have safe food. And he says he's learned a lot about hog production himself. There's actually a lot of detail and technology in raising pigs that I didn't know about before I started. It's pretty cool. Ten-year-old Reese Podhordesky is the Sask Pork Whole Hog Youth Ambassador. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. 
Kate Kara Ustrios here with realagriculture.com. And I have here with me Chris Law, who is a partner at MNP. How's it going today? Fine, thank you. So you're here today to talk about cybersecurity. What, what, what are some of your main messages? Um, I think with cybersecurity, the main message is it affects everyone. And so I think everyone should be prepared if something goes wrong, right? Because uh, everyone, I can't think of one company or one organization that doesn't use computers. So really, it's one of those things where when things do go wrong, we should be prepared. So who is there lots of attacks going on right now have they have they risen are they on the rise always on the rise uh yes there's uh, there's attacks every second um it's definitely a growth industry um but at the same time it's one of those things where if we do the proper uh I guess, proactive preparation, we can deal with those attacks. Uh, it's bound to happen. It's going to happen to every organization. And just preparing for that will help us, you know, weather those attacks and then continue doing our business. So are these, I mean, this is quite a sophisticated business. It's not just kids sitting in the basement, you know, that we would maybe assume are the quote unquote hackers. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a worldwide business. There are sophisticated threat actor groups that are usually based overseas. Uh, but it is unfortunately everyone participates in this whole ecosystem of cyber attacks what I mean by that is that there are kids and teenagers sitting in basements learning from YouTube and the internet how to attack an organization for fun maybe they're <laughs> bored it's also unfortunately you know employees at work that are bored you know have some time on their hands especially time during COVID uh, where people are remote uh, there's not that much monitoring so uh, we know that there's there's a lot of, unfortunately, uh, people that have uh, spent time and learn how to attack and then get access to organizations' networks. Once that happens, they sell that access to, let's say, consignment sites on the dark web. And when that happens, these uh, threat actors, these sophisticated threat actors, take those uh, accesses and then do their damage. So they launch the sophisticated attacks. So everyone sort of sells uh, access up. And then, of course, when uh, ransomware payment is successful, uh, they dole out the money to the, the various folks down the line. So I think in agriculture, we often think, you know, oh, that's not going to happen to us. We're small companies, even though that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Oh. Why is it important that you're speaking here today and that we are aware that this this could happen? Well, I think with agriculture, as with a lot of critical infrastructure organizations, uh, they still use a lot of industrial control systems, right? And so those are most vulnerable to attacks because they were not originally designed like your average laptop or uh, computer or workstation at home. Um, these industrial control systems were designed to work all the time, no matter what. And if something goes wrong, you basically turn off and turn back on. It resets itself. Now, with that, uh, the threat actors know that these are prime targets, easy to access, easy to shut down. And so because they were not designed with security in mind, it it gives them a huge target at the same time holds uh, makes us you know react much more quicker uh, and also much more um, with fear because we know that these are critical systems yet we can't do anything about it except you know listen to what the threat actors want or pay the ransom or what that so that's a huge risk for us for sure so where would you say a lot of companies are most vulnerable when it comes to cybersecurity? Um, I would say that uh, the awareness part I think if we take you know not just knowing the fact that 
this is an imminent and ongoing threat. If we just practice and train ourselves to understand that and understand what we can do to help prevent uh, these attacks or make us less of a target, then we should be better off, right? Um, I think that's the number one thing. It's awareness. It's also works both ways. If you don't know about it, you learn about it. But if you do know about it, you take the risk much lower than it was if you didn't know about it. That makes sense. Um, but focus and understand that the more you depend on these automated systems, these computer systems, as convenient and as efficient that they help your industry grow and be profitable, understand that there is risk and just don't ignore that risk. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40. The high today, minus 4, and that's what we're at right now. The low, minus 16. Saturday, sunny, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high tomorrow, minus 4. The low, minus 14. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 20. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 16. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 15. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9, the low minus 15. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9. Normal high for this date is now minus 3. The normal low is minus 15. The sun rose at 739 this morning. It sets at 642 tonight. And currently... We have the hot spot, Maple Creek, again at plus one. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, at minus 14. Estevan is minus two. Saskatoon, minus six. Swift Current, also minus two. Weyburn and Yorkton, minus three. In Regina, with partly cloudy skies, it's minus four. That's 25 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 23. Humidity is 69%. The barometer rising, 100.4. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 1, winds are from the west-northwest at 26. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and minus 4, that's 25 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The percentage of glyphosate-resistant kochia has been rising since the first case was found 12 years ago in southern Alberta. The last glyphosate-resistant kochia survey in Saskatchewan was conducted in 2019. It found resistance numbers had increased to 87%. Charles Geddes is a wheat research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Lethbridge. 
With glyphosate resistance in our recent surveys, what we've been finding is that about half of the, these populations that we're calling resistant have low-level resistance, and then the other half have moderate to high-level resistance. And so the cutoff there is basically roughly 20% of the plants in the population showing that resistance trait. The reason why we use that cutoff is based on herbicide efficacy, right? So in order for a herbicide to be labeled control, it needs to control that weed 80%. So 20% survivors is not necessarily out of the norm when it comes to a herbicide application. Kosha is a problem weed during dry years in southern areas, but its reach is extending. It really thrives in those dry areas, so in kind of the south southwest of the province, it's certainly a big issue. But with that said, it does grow all the way up to um, Saskatoon and even maybe a bit further north than that. So it can be a fairly widespread issue. We've also done modeling on the suitable range for kochia, showing that uh, it's basically driven by temperature, right? So if you accumulate more growing degree days, it allows kochia to complete its life cycle, produce seed before the end of the year further north, right? So we, we are seeing that range move further north as we have warmer and warmer summers. Also with climate change, we're predicting that kochia is going to become an issue more in the center of the province than it will in the south. The next concern is resistance to group 14 herbicides which have been tank mixed with glyphosate. A lot of farmers were adding in group 14s to their pre-plant burn-down herbicide that would typically have just been glyphosate right, um, in order to manage the glyphosate-resistant kochia. But what that's doing is it's taking the selection pressure um, off of glyphosate and now applying it to that group 14 herbicide if you're kochia population is already glyphosate resistant. So we were seeing large selection pressure for group 14 resistance. Uh, so it's not surprising that we're starting to see it show up in Saskatchewan. Uh, it's also just being confirmed in North Dakota as well. Charles Geddes is a weed scientist with Agriculture Canada in Lethbridge. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. The three leading causes of pre-weaning death loss in beef calves are diarrhea, navel ill, and bovine respiratory disease, or BRD. Not all calf illness and death can be prevented, especially when the weather gets bad, but remembering some basic principles can reduce losses. The Western Canadian Cow-Calf Surveillance Network examined how common calf diarrhea, navel ill, and BRD are, how they were typically treated, and which management practices can help prevent these conditions. 89 cow-calf operators on the prairies, 48 from Alberta, 24 in Saskatchewan, and 17 in Manitoba were surveyed in 2017. These operations range from a low of 89 cows to a high of 689 cows. To summarize the results, this is Dr. Reynold Bergen, the science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council. He says bovine respiratory disease is not just a feedlot issue. On average, 5% of calves were treated for BRD before weaning. Now, 80% of those calves, or, or nearly 4% of the total, were treated before two months of age. Pre-weaning death loss, due to this, averaged half a percent, but some herds treated up to 19% of their calves before two months of age. 
up to 25% before weaning, and some experienced up to 2.3% death loss. So that's higher than some groups of feedlot calves. And these were not bottom-end operations by any stretch of the imagination. All, all of the herds participating in this study had a working relationship with their veterinarian. Dr. Bergen talks about calfhood diarrhea and navel ill, starting first with diarrhea. On average, about 3% of calves were treated before weaning, nearly always before a month of age. But treatment rates were much higher in some herds, like over 8% treated before a month of age. And, and death loss averaged half a percent, but reached 2% in some herds. Naval ill, the average herd treated 2% of calves, but some treated up to 12. So there's a lot of range in how common these diseases are. Dr. Bergen says there are five keys to reduce the risk of these diseases, starting with social distancing. So allowing cattle to spread out and calve on clean calving grounds makes it way harder for diseases to spread from animal to animal. Calving on pasture decreased the risk of BRD and calf diarrhea compared to calving in barns or corrals. And similarly, the risk of all three diseases were lower in herds that moved newly calved pairs out of the main herd and to a clean nursery pasture, or vice versa. Second point is, don't let the germs build up. The risk of calfhood disease was lower in operations that did not calve on the winter feeding grounds. Calving heifers and cows separately also reduced the risk of all three diseases. Don't buy more germs, especially close to the calving season. The risk of BRD was lower in herds that did not bring newly purchased cows or calves into the herd during calving or before breeding. Minimize stress. Stress depresses the immune system, and that means calves can't fight disease off as easily. The risks of disease, especially BRD and calf diarrhea, were lower in herds that handled calves and cows less frequently. Strengthen immunity. The risk of calf diarrhea was lower in operations that practice body condition scoring. Heifers and cows that were fed and managed for optimal body condition scoring at calving will produce higher quality colostrum, and that's essential to protect calves against disease early in life. Vaccination is also critical. Most of these farms vaccinated calves for, for both the bacteria and the viruses that cause BRD. Most of the herds vaccinated the cow herd for the viral pathogens, but only a third of farms also vaccinated the cows for both the bacterial and the viral BRD pathogens. But those farms that did vaccinate against both had a lower risk of BRD in the calves. Dr. Bergen notes none of these practices are silver bullets, but they produce results when used in combination. Work with your veterinarian to develop a prevention-based herd health plan tailored to your facilities, your land base, your workforce, and your disease history. Review your vaccination program, both for the calves and the cows, and how you usually prevent and treat calfhood diseases when they arise. You know, for example, calfhood diarrhea in the first month of age is usually caused by viruses, and electrolytes are the best treatment for that. Save the antibiotics for the calves that have a fever and have stopped nursing. Don't mass treat all the calves with antibiotics to prevent BRD unless your veterinarian has recommended that you do that. 
Optimal Nutrition ensures that cows and heifers are in good body condition score at calving, give birth to a healthy calf, and produce high-quality colostrum. That'll also help cows rebreed sooner after calving. Allow newborn calves to get their fill of colostrum before tagging, vaccinating, or castrating them. You know, you can't prevent lousy weather during calving, but you can help give your calves a fighting chance. Dr. Reynolds Bergen is the Science Director with the Beef Cattle Research Council. CN Rail says last month was the best February ever for prairie grain movement on the CN Network. Grain shipments reached 2.4 million metric tons last month, exceeding the record set in February 2021 by over 200,000 tons. CN attributes the record performance in February to increased collaboration between supply chain partners, enabling strong performance even during periods of extreme cold. Each year, CN moves more than 300 million tons of goods throughout North America. CN has an 18,600-mile network connecting Canada's east and west coasts with the U.S. south. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices at Viterra were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola rose three dollars at eight eighteen forty two. Number one red spring wheat gained nine cents at four oh five forty two. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty eight thirty eight. Feed barley three sixty seven fifty eight. Chickpeas ten fifty eight twenty two. Flax five eighty six ninety eight. Lentils seven sixty sixty. Oats two fifteen thirty two. Yellow peas four sixty three fifty five and feed wheat two hundred eighty nine dollars fifty six cents. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is down two and three quarter cents at eight seventy three and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Nice Talk here in Moose Jaw. 1466 on offer at our Tuesday pre-sort sale. These leg cattle were higher again. I kind of like saying that week in, week out, they're higher again. We are pre-sorting here again next week for Tuesday, March 7th sale. Here's what happened on Tuesday. 529 red and black steers at 333 and 50. 590s bring 317.75. The 645s bring 307 and a quarter. We sold a big drag of black steers, 76 of them, 766. They bring 268. We sold 45 black heifers, 535 at 292. 67 tan heifers, 593 at 274 and 50. Another 103 black heifers, 597 at 265.75. 87 blacks, 690 at 24675, 11 good replacement heifers, 846 at 221 and 75, and looked like they were just going to feed. The cow numbers on Thursday are starting to weaken, but the price has gone up. Good, big, strong, grain-fed cows, 116 to 121, sales to 123 and 50. Medium cows, 95 to 115, and the Shelly cows are being discounted. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, one ninety-eight forty-nine per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. 
This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The province has declared this week as Engineering and Geoscientist Week across Saskatchewan. The profession of geoscientists and engineers is reflected in work conducted in the agriculture, construction, environment, forestry, mining, and healthcare industries, among many others. Stormy Holmes, the Executive Director of the Association of Professional Engineers and Geoscientists, says those positions are vital for Saskatchewan's economic prosperity and public well-being. She says as part of the celebratory week, there will be an award show and banquet to highlight several individuals and groups that accomplished great things this year. Some of the awards are going to an engineer who has worked for over 40 years, a team that's been cleaning 37 old uranium mine sites, and a team that decommissioned the shafts for Mosaic's K1 and K2 potash mines. She says that there's been a decline in university students entering engineering programs. She thinks the decrease will soon start to reflect in the industry and initiatives should be taken in order to bring industry involvement back to previous levels. On the markets, the TSX is up 212 points at 20,551. The Dow has gained 192 points to 33,196. Oil has risen a dollar eight at 79.42 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.50 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.